Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shot my cape off. And today we're going to be discussing the eighth episode of season two of Supernatural titled Crossroad Blues. Jamie, what did you think? Jamie doesn't know what she thought. <laughs> Head empty. Head empty, no thoughts, the theme of the podcast. I don't think Supernatural has ever rendered you entirely speechless before. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I don't, I genuinely don't know where to start. <laughs> she's she's opening and closing her mouth like a fish for all of you listening at home. <laughs> that was really mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, let's talk about the fact that this episode is, in fact, all about Crossroads Demons. It is. You were spot on with your prediction. I'm very impressed. And blues music. There was, in fact, you blues music. You got it. Yeah. You were right on, actually. I was very impressed. I mean, of, of the titles, this one is a little bit more... Straightforward? Yeah. It's less ambiguous than, like, the benders. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, you were dead on the money. So, Dean is very much in this episode sort of like, well, they made their bed, now they get to lie in it. Yeah. There's a lot of... This is another one of those episodes where there's a really interesting uh, dichotomy between what Sam thinks and what Dean thinks. I'm very interested to see your thoughts on how that all played out, actually. So, what I found really funny is this entire episode, Dean's like, oh, they decided to make a deal with the devil. What fucking idiots. Yeah, they, they're getting that? what's coming for them, They're getting what's coming with them. They knew that they only got 10 years after they made the deal with the devil. Yeah. Uh, or the demon, rather. They knew what they were getting themselves into, is his point. Like, they yeah. made that choice. No one, I think he says in the episode, no one, like, bent their arm or something. No one twisted their arm or no one forced them. Yeah. And then it moves along a little. And all I can think of is just the fact that Dean is really harshly judging these people for doing exactly what John did. Yeah, but I think that's the point. Because you're right. You're right. You're 100% right. He is really judging them for doing exactly what John did. But I think Dean's point is that those people, like, um, he actually says to the uh, the last guy who they save. What's his name? Evan? Evan. You know, he's saying, oh, you didn't want to live without your wife. That's selfish because now she's going to have to live without you. And imagine if she knew what it cost you. Like, imagine if she knew that you were going to be in hell for eternity. Imagine how that would make her feel. And I think the reason that he says that, and I think we explore this a little bit more later on in the episode when he's talking to the Crossroads demon himself, he feels that because he knows that John made that deal. And he knows that John is burning in hell because of that deal. And that is something that he has to live with. Like that knowledge that that's something that like his dad is suffering. To be fair, from what I know of John, he would have probably gone to hell regardless of the deal. Like, if he had died of natural causes at the same time as he made the deal. I, I don't know what sort of system hell uses in yeah. it's Supernatural, but, like... It's interesting. I think the show would put him in heaven because ultimately they do tend to paint John in a more positive light, which I... Yeah, look, I'm seeing your facial journey. I'm understanding your facial journey. I'm not talking about the show's opinion. <laughs> I'm talking about, like, the objective opinion. Yes, okay. So, objectively, if you're going to look at the the child abuse and the, you know, general shittiness that is John, you would probably say you are a bad person. You will go to the bad place. 
Hmm, that but, sounds like a show. <laughs> but yeah, supernatural. Do you know what's interesting is in a couple of select episodes, they do kind of go into how souls are like weighed or judged and how it's determined where they will go. But it's not until like relatively mid to late show. Actually, there's one episode mid-series that I want to say it's somewhere like seasons six, seven, eight, like it's somewhere in there. I might be wrong. Um, and I don't know how to explain what episode I'm thinking about without like spoiling stuff for you. So I hope anyone listening who's seen it maybe knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, Sam is Dean's lawyer. I, I feel like what? that's not a spoiler for Jamie, but it might so clue, in, finish it, it might clue some people in to what episode I'm back. talking about. Lord Wayne Stanford. Yeah, exactly. That's the only way I can think to describe the episode without completely spoiling the plotline. But, you know, so there's that episode. And then later on, in one of my favorite episodes, actually, of the series, we have... Oh, actually, no. Sorry. She's introduced in one of my favorite episodes of the series. A character named Lily Sunder, who I think you will like. Um, she's not introduced until season 12. Um, and then I believe season 14 or 15, um, there is an episode with her in it that also looks at whether or not someone deserves to go to heaven or to hell and how that judgment is made. From memory, in general, it is a lot to do with the concept of souls and how tainted that soul is, or rather, in the case of Demon Deals, who that soul belongs to. Um, and souls themselves become very important to the plot, and it is possible for people to live and function without their soul, but they basically are reduced to, like, a robot with no morals. Like, you can exist, but you have a very, very limited concept of what is right and what is wrong. And you become very just like self-absorbed in a sense. Like you know what is what will work well for you. So that's what you do regardless of whether it is a moral choice. And um, it is very interesting. Actually, there's one character who ends up soulless for a period of time. And he has this great quote where he's like, basically, whenever I find myself having to make a decision, I ask myself, what would Mr. Rogers do? And that's how I figure out what is right and what is wrong. Because, like, they just have no concept otherwise. And it's, like, they have to gauge it from external sources. And, you know, souls are also uh, a source of energy in the show. Like, yeah, like, they are an energy. Everything I'm finding out now, like, it just sounds more <laughs> that shit. Oh, just you wait. <laughs> there are some plots in this show. Uh, they're also used as like, not a currency, but because souls have energy, it becomes a little bit of a back and forth, like heaven and hell, like souls, like it, it's a, it's a power thing. So if you have more souls, you have more energy. Therefore you have more power. It's like essentially who has the bigger nuke kind of thing. You see what I mean? So yeah. yeah, souls are explored in a variety of capacities and also, whether or not you go to heaven or hell can depend on how much of a soul you have 
or how tainted that soul is or like there's a lot of factors involved it's a very complicated assessment i guess and it's not as clear cut as like the good place with the point system honestly supernatural you just employ the point system i think it makes a lot more sense but it's very complex and it becomes more complex through the seasons as they introduce more layers it becomes much more of a gray area than simply bad person good person sort of thing everything you just said sounded batshit insane to me i can't wait to learn about purgatory if you stop saying words at me, I might eventually understand some of them. Okay. Well, look, the only way you're ever going to understand it any better is to continue watching the show. So, so... this is our last episode. I hope you enjoyed <laughs> like, the season and a half that we recorded. The season and a half that Jamie could put up with, yeah. <laughs> Beth said it was going to get more insane after this and not less, so I'm out. Oh dear. Um, anyway, going back to the original point. Uh, yes, Dean does not have much sympathy or empathy for the people who have put themselves in this position because I think he empathises with the people they're leaving behind. Um, especially because in Dean's case, he understands what choice John made. You know? And he feels, I think, guilty. And remember that in previous episodes, like he's voiced... He should be dead. Like, he feels that he should not have lived. And so the fact that not only is he alive when he feels like he shouldn't be twice over now, his father is going to burn in hell for eternity for him to continue living, you know? And I I can understand him being, rightfully, I think, upset about that choice because John put that guilt on him. Yeah. I think that's where the anger comes from. Like, I think that's, you know, that's my I'm reading. still, like, of this opinion of, like, hell's probably where John belongs. So. Well, you'll, you'll see as the seasons go how the heaven and hell system works, and then you'll be able to, A, draw your own conclusions, although I do agree with you. Like, I think, I think John would likely, within the show... I think they would be more likely to categorise him into heaven because he is, quote-unquote, one of the good guys. However, his canonical actions, I think, place him more in the hell. But even in saying that, I would suggest that by the end of the series, going by that metric, Sam and Dean should both also be in hell. They do bad things. Very bad things. Throughout the series, you know. I mean, just last episode, Dean was murdering again. Yeah. Um, you know, and it becomes a matter of you weigh it up. Does the evil done outweigh the good done? And then, you know, it's a whole mess, yeah. you know, especially with them. They have a very complicated histories, you know, lots to dig through. Not very simple. No, absolutely not. Actually, this comes sort of into part of uh, the episode, which I find very entertaining, which is basically the brothers being very competitive over who is more wanted by the state. <laughs> like, Sam's, like, looking at uh, Dean's, like, wanted information. He's, like, reading it, and Dean's, like, a little bit chuffed. He's, like, proud of how, like, in demand. <laughs> um, you know, and Sam's, like, you know, we have to lie low. And Dean's, like, oh, you're just jealous. And he is. Sam is a bit jealous. Which is kind of insane. <laughs> which is insane, but also so funny. <laughs> like, I think, what does Dean say? He's like, oh, um, 
you innocent, harmless young man, you, you know, and it's, it's so, it's, it's silly because like, we fully know that Sam is like just as dangerous as Dean is. It's just that like by happenstance. I think it also helps that like Sam was retired for many years. Yeah. yeah. So presumably, cause like when, in the last episode, when the cops reading out like the transcript of the Sam's transcript life. of Sam's <laughs> life versus the transcript of Dean's life, it's sort of like Dean was in the life for an extra four years, where he got all like the grave robbing mm, things and like mm-hmm. the assault things, and, like all of those little minor charges that sort of build up, yeah. build up. He had four years to accumulate them, whereas Sam was like at university, yeah, chilling. I- Acting like a normal human being and not robbing graves. Yeah. Actually, one thing that uh, we probably should have mentioned last episode, but I completely blanked on. Um, when she's reading that transcript, she also mentions that John's whereabouts is unknown. Which means that, like, legally, John isn't dead. So Dean's dead, but John's not. Yeah. Legally. Like, in the eyes of the government. The government. But also, I'm pretty sure when John died, he, he was in died a hospital. in a hospital. And like yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'd think that they document that. Although he did give them fake insurance, so maybe they documented that the fake insurance name was dead. Maybe. But then you'd surely because like I don't. I mean, I don't know what it's like in America, but like here, you have to if someone dies, you know, you have to have the doctors fill out the death certificates, and if you're going to be cremated, they've got to fill out more certificates, and then. Those will have to be posted off to, like, the deaths, births, and marriages register and, like, all these things. Like, you'd think at some point they'd realised that he'd given them false information. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a, it's not a... And, like, normally they'd have the family, like, ID the body if they're not sure. I mean, I guess Sam and Dean aren't really going to give the correct name because otherwise then that tips off that they are Sam and Dean Winchester supposedly dead serial killers. Yeah. Or wanted in St. Louis. Like. Yeah. But no, so, yeah, that. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about it last episode, but yeah, like the fact that John died in a hospital, but is somehow not known to be deceased is. Insane. Such a weird discrepancy. <laughs> like if he died on a hunt, it would have made sense. Mm. But he like died, died in a- literally in a hospital. hospital. And, like, the spirit didn't take his body. Like, the demon didn't it take Bob his... Bob did not clean no. that up. Like, he literally <laughs> fell to the ground. Sam dropped his coffee. It was very dramatic. Yeah. He died on the floor of the hospital and his body was still there. Like, it didn't, like, you know, burn or, like, turn to ash or, like... Dissipate into dissipate a cloud. Dissipate into a cloud. Like, it was very dramatic. Sam dropped his coffee, but it wasn't, like, that dramatic. Like, <laughs> at the end of the day, it looked just kind of like a... Dude dying from a heart attack. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, he, he, the death did not appear unnatural. No. Like, not like a lot of the deaths in Supernatural tend to. Mm. And actually, to be fair, we don't know how the demon killed him. He could have, like, given him a, like, sent him into cardiac arrest. Like, you know. Mm. While we are sort of vaguely in the topic of, like, the lore of Supernatural, talking okay. about souls and, and demon deals and whatnot, um, we've been introduced to not only Crossroad Demons this episode... Um, but also hellhounds. Um, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on both of these things because they are going to be a constant throughout the series. Some good doggos. Some good doggos. Yes, yes. Rip everyone to shreds. You're like, you're a fan of the doggos. 
I'm a fan of the doggos. Yeah. I don't like the sound effects they use for the barking. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. It just, it, it was off. I don't know what about it was off. It, was just, it just seemed off. Mm. But the special effects they used for the doggos, except for that one shot where it, like, rips her pant leg. Oh, really? <laughs> like, it looks like it's, like, um, oh, it's, like, stretchy. Oh, yeah, like the fabric. Yeah. yeah, like, it looks like the fabric is, like, stretching and it's, like, yeah, I um the only doesn't thing, look like it tears. It looks like it stretches. And the only thing about that scene that like bothered me is like it ripped her pants, but like barely touched her leg. And I'm like, I know it's like I don't like gore particularly. I'm not like a horror gore person, but I feel like if it had just like gouged out her leg, you know, like to get the like full impact, a little of, more visceral, a little more terrifying. Yeah, although they do like grab her and drag her by the leg in the end. And actually, one thing I really love about the Hellhounds and I hope you like it too, is that you can't see them. Yes. Because I feel like, I've, I've said this before. See, you can't see them, but they're still handsome boys. <laughs> you can't see them. And I've said this before, but your imagination will always be scarier than anything that CGI could do. You know? So I like that they are this invisible force. And it you can hear them, and you, like... But also, you're the only person who can hear them. Yeah, and, and so nobody can going, see them. Like you're kind of going crazy, and they cause you to hallucinate. And the hallucinations, like the the contortions of people's faces and stuff, are truly horrific. Do you know what I'm talking about? You're staring at me yeah. very blankly. You didn't like them. No. <laughs> oh, they freak me out. Can you imagine if you were in that position? Because like, they look too much like bad Halloween makeup for me. Sorry. I I really they freak me out. It really does. I mean, you you and the supernatural special effects have a big beef. <laughs> I'm usually more understanding about it, but uh, I don't know what what did you not like about the uh, hallucination facial effects? It really reminded me of like the special effects makeup they didn't did in the water. Oh yeah. Okay, I see. Yeah, it's very Halloweeny. <laughs> That is true. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going as a ghost for Halloween. What am I going to do? Like, I'm going to make myself pale. I'm going to sink in my cheekbones and I'm going to make my eyes look black. Like, yeah, it's it not. No. I think it would have been creepier if they'd gone a different avenue. What about the, like, contortions of the face? Did you not? Because that's the bit that gets me is, like, the fact that it's, like. See, I was too distracted by the bad makeup. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think. Yeah, it just the makeup felt very Halloweeny, and then because the makeup felt so Halloweeny, it's like, oh, now we've just whacked like a Snapchat filter on top. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, okay, I can see. Actually, to be fair, the whole contortion probably could be a Snapchat filter, a very freaky one. Yeah, but but a Snapchat filter mm. nonetheless. Okay, yeah, I see what you I see what you mean. Actually, do you know what is a very fun? Pastime. Have you ever done this where you're watching a TV show and you actually do just put Snapchat filters on the people's faces? It is hilarious. You know that one that makes like your forehead really big and gives you a tiny little sad, sad yeah. mouth? Ooh, That's what that, I just look like every day. Putting that over supernatural characters in various scenes is hilarious. And if you haven't done it before, I would highly recommend it. I would like to briefly mention this episode 100% dating itself. and Myspace. Myspace. This gets funnier with every fucking year because every year 
the the audience becomes more like Dean, going, "What the fuck is MySpace?" <laughs> but for the opposite reason. Yeah, exactly. Because Dean is meant to be like. He's not really in that sort of scene. It's this new up-and-coming technology that he's never heard of before. Sam only knows it because he was literally in university and, like, would have had a MySpace, which, by the way, I would pay cash money to see Stanford-era Sam's MySpace page. Wouldn't that just be... You know, you know it would just be, like, true crime and lore and cute pictures of him and Jess and, like... Some music background that Dean would not approve of. I just think it would be hilarious. And it'd be the like music background that auto plays. Yes. And you can't find it to fucking turn it on. Yeah, and like the mouse would be like a fucking pentagram or some shit. Well, it wouldn't be because it's Sam. But like, you know. It'd Maybe be like, like a, a wizard's wand or something. Oh my god, yes, because he's a nerd. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Um, but, but yeah. And for us, it's like, oh, we don't I really ever use MySpace. I was too young. By the time I was old enough to be on social media, Facebook was the it thing. Like, everyone was on Facebook. Like, Instagram was, like, barely... Instagram really wasn't a thing yet when I started getting onto social medias. And I didn't even get onto Tumblr until, like, 2013, 14. Like, oh, man, Tumblr lore. Tumblr lore is almost as confusing as supernatural lore. And to be honest, there's a lot of intersectional... The war of the, like, hipster blogs versus the fandom blogs. Oh, my God. What was that, like, uh, Super Who Lockians? Like... Oh, no, not Super <laughs> Who Lock. Anyway. Moving on from old Tumblr. Oh. Uh, we, we are now really showing our age, aren't we? If Supernatural had been made in 2015 instead of 2005, the joke would have been about Tumblr, not MySpace. I think that no matter what year that episode had been made, they would have never made Tumblr the joke. That's true. Tumblr's it's too, too niche. niche. I keep seeing all these posts about how Tumblr's dead, and I'm like, damn, I'm on a dying app. Like, nine hours of the day. I, I feel honoured. <laughs> oh, yeah, I keep on seeing, like, that, that Megamind meme, where it's, like, uh, TikTok and Twitter, oh. and it's, like, Oh, it's so weird that Tumblr's dead and, like, Tumblr's in the background, like, chilling. <laughs> yeah. I'm still here, you asshole. Sometimes I can still hear them. <laughs> no, not that mean. Yeah, I know, but same concept. Same concept. Oh, I can't wait till you. I get to explain to you the Steve Yockey is dead thing. One other thing. We already talked a little bit about Dean and how he's feeling about John's deal. Um, in this episode and how he feels guilty, I wanted to quickly talk about Sam because Sam has a very different approach to the people who have made deals in this episode. Particularly, I want to talk about the scene where he is confronting the man who asked for talent and ended up as a, an artist, but never really did anything with it. Like he did a lot of paintings, but they never really went anywhere. He was very talented at painting. Yeah. He just didn't become famous for his painting. Yeah, exactly. So Sam, he was very, like, adamant that this man kind of had to want to be saved, I guess. And I don't know. It's interesting because a couple of the people who had made the deals with the demons, they were actually more so on, like, Dean's point of view of being like, no, I knew what I was getting myself into. 
Like, I shouldn't have made the deal. Like, I have to kind of live. I made a mistake, but at the end of the day, I did make a mistake. Yeah, it was my action. Like, you know, and he actually said that the painter whose name eludes me said that, you know, his regret was that the demon didn't leave after he made his deal. The demon stayed and made other deals. And he said, you know, he feels that because those other people wouldn't have necessarily as much what they were getting into as what he did that but also like they never they potentially never would have known that that was even a possibility and also the demon went and sought those people out like they were drinking and you know thought that the demon was just taking the piss and you know they were more vulnerable um than he was who was making it a choice to actively summon the demon you know yeah so it was interesting i thought that sam was so adamant that no these people deserve to be saved we have to save them they have to want to be saved whereas dean was very much like you've made your bed you need a lie in it and i just was wondering like like i said we've already talked a bit about dean but like did you have any thoughts about sam in this capacity look as a person watching and consuming media i tend to fixate on the little things i don't know if you've noticed this oh little things like the lighting the, the special effects, the costuming, the the direction, the <laughs> whether they leave a door open in a single scene, yeah, yeah that sort of stuff. <laughs> I'm not very good at establishing like characterization and character motivations. Mm. It's just not something as a viewer I've ever really focused on. Yeah, I get a vibe for the characters, and then I sort of move on from there. I'm not the sort of person who's ever really been one to read, like, meta-analysis and stuff. Oh, we had different fandom experiences. I'm all about that (laughs) meta-analysis. And to be fair, the content I normally consume is consistent enough that meta-analysis isn't really necessary. Whereas every week you're going, oh, what do you think about this character? I'm like, they were a character. (laughs) They acted like a person. Some of their behaviour raised red flags. But they would look great in a children's hospital, so who cares? (laughs) Um, But, like, you know, like, some of their... But that's also just part of being a human. Like, it's like, as a person, their actions were kind of like, oh, that is not a great choice. Mm. But, like, they're a character, so I was like, they're going to make not great choices. That's fine. Like, would be any content if... Yeah, it's fictional, so... If they didn't make bad choices, the TV show wouldn't exist. Yeah. I will then apply a little bit of context to, like, why I'm asking that question. And I'm going to try and do it in a non-spoilery way. How well is that going to work out for you? Uh, look, I'm going to give it a go. And if it's not working very well, I'm just going to give up. Okay. Which is how I approach most things in life. So should be fine. Um, Sam, as we continue through the series, has a... Not fixation, but this interesting idea about the concept of purity. And for me, I think, and as with a lot of things, this is just my reading and it's not necessarily a reading that anyone else will agree with, but that's not my problem. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Um, You know, is that I think this idea that he has that everyone deserves to be saved. I And even if they don't want to be saved, like 
they just don't know that they want to be saved, like, kind of thing, stems from that. Like, I think he has this, like, thought that he wants to be able to take things that are wrong or, like, impure and somehow save them and make them good and whole and solve the problem. Whereas Dean tends to look at a situation that is wrong or broken and be like, well, it's wrong and broken, so it will remain that way. Do you know like do you know what I mean? Like Sam I don't even know if I'm making sense. Sam believes in the ability to fix things, whereas Dean is sort of more realistic and pragmatic about like logistically can they actually change this? Whereas Sam comes from this point of view of should it be changed or fixed? Dean thinks about like, well, can it be saved and fixed? I think it's also not even just that. I think what I'm trying to get at, I don't quite know how to verbalize it. And honestly, this might not make any sense and it might all have to come out. But the only way that I can sort of think to explain this verbally is to draw back to season one, episode 12, Faith, and the discussion that Sam and Dean are having where I remember I said that for me, my reading was that Dean can't believe in God because to believe in God would be to realise that there was someone who had the power to fix everything and make it perfect and is choosing not to. And Sam has to believe in God because he wants there to be someone who is able to fix everything and make it perfect. You know, like, it's this idea of Dean seeing the broken situation and accepting it and learning to work with it. And so Sam saying... seeing the broken situation and seeing it and just wanting to f- to to make it better. Do you see what I mean? So you're saying Sam's an optimist and Dean's a pessimist. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Like, it's it, sort of. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm explaining myself very well. I've had a very long day. I'm very tired. So this might be nonsense. But... And again, I'm really trying to explain this without getting into spoilery topics, so that makes it a level harder. Sam tends to focus on finding a solution. Dean tends to wallow in the self-pity a little bit more. Again, all of this is very situation-dependent, and they do flip-flop a little bit throughout the seasons, but I would argue that overall, Sam is the one who is more inclined to this concept of purity and everyone can be saved. Uh, and Dean is more inclined to the, this is reality, you can't, like, fix everything. So Sam believes everything can be fixed, Dean knows that everything can't be fixed. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. In in, in simplest terms, I think that's what I'm trying to express. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I really, that took, that was such a windy... I understand <laughs> sort of where you're coming from. Like, you're trying to explain things to me without, like, Citing, like, oh, yeah, season 14 episode, there's this scene here which clearly demonstrates yeah. this. Which, and it's, like... And there are plot lines that are, like, relevant to this conversation. When you can only cite, like, two-fifteenths of, of the evidence for your argument, it makes it really hard to work out which examples you're allowed to cite at all. Yeah, and I tell you what, if anyone wants to talk to me, like, if I'm ever talking about something and I'm like, oh, I can't express it properly because Jamie doesn't know yet or spoilery or whatever. If you're someone who does want to talk about it or who has their own thoughts and, like, you know, 
wants to chat about them, please hit me up on Tumblr. Just chuck me a message because, like, I'll respond and doesn't matter. Jamie, Jamie won't know the spoilers because I generally run the Tumblr. <laughs> I do lurk over on the Tumblr occasionally. You do lurk. You do lurk. I'm very good but, at lurking. But um, please feel free to come chat to me because I... I literally started a Supernatural podcast in 2021. I would love nothing more than to talk to people ad nauseum about Supernatural on Tumblr. So hit me up. <laughs> Even if it's making all the bad decisions today. Look, I mean, hit me up and tell me I'm wrong. I'd love to discuss it. <laughs> I think I'm going to jump into my PSA for this episode now. Oh, please do. I have a PSA specifically planned out for this episode. I want to know what you think it is. Don't make demon deals. Not applicable to everyday life. Okay. For anybody. Okay. Ever. Okay. Um, you know my rules. Look, you can make deals with people who are like like symbolisms of demonic stuff. Yeah, but Satanists are really nice, generally speaking. Let me think. Oh, if only your religion teachers could see you now, Bethany. <laughs> they wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> um, they'd be disappointed. They wouldn't be surprised. No? Uh, I'm Any sorry. guesses? No, I've got none. You've got none? No. Nah. This week's PSA is... It's not cool to smoke. It's not cool to smoke. Smoking is bad for you. It is bad for you. Yes, I agree. Do you know where I got that from? Yes. Yes, I and do. Now it's from the beginning for... scene, yes, it was very obvious. I Even when I was watching it this morning, I was like, oh man, I really hope that was a prop cigarette because that can't be very good for him. <laughs> smoking is bad for you, kids. Don't start it, then you never have to stop. And if you're ever looking for inspiration to quit, or to not smoke at all, um, I would highly recommend Googling Australian stop smoking campaigns. They are very scary. They're horrifying. They are. They don't pull their punches. No. Just, I don't know how to explain it to you. You Google at your own risk. Let's just say they decided <laughs> to put diseased lungs on packaging. They're graphic. Very graphic. To say the least. Speaking of the earliest part of the episode. Yes. Um, uh, Roger... I think his name was, who was the first gentleman who was playing the guitar. The police. Yeah. Yes. Now, I have a question. When he is shown to be, like, hearing the dogs and seeing the, like, whoosh, whoosh of the dogs run past yeah. windows, if you were inside a room with lots of people and you thought that you were being stalked by a giant hellhound, would you stay in the room with the lots of people or would you run outside where there are no walls, doors or windows to protect you? And no people either. Here's the thing, though. He knew he made a deal with the devil. Yes. What if he was scared that they would get hurt if he stayed in the room with all the other people? That makes sense. Why would he not then just go outside and stand still? Because maybe he still thinks that the walls and doors are protection. And he was trying to get indoors somewhere away from people. Yeah, because he does go indoors somewhere else. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just always thought it was a bit of a weird choice. I understand wanting to protect people. I do understand that, I promise. Um, but, like, yeah, it just always seems like a weird... It's like, I know, I will run down this empty street instead. That seems like a wise decision. The worst thing is that scene actually reminded me of a scene in another TV show, which I have agreed not to spoil for you. <laughs> because one day I'm planning on forcing you to watch it. And, like, the scene in that show is very different. Like, you know how the scene in this, in, like, Supernatural, it's, like, very serious. Like, he's about to get murdered by, like, hellhounds. Yes. Completely the opposite vibe from the scene in the other one. It's, like, 
Actually, it's very, it's a very good scene. I very much enjoy it. But like, I was just watching the scene. I'm like, huh? That's just like in leverage. There's actually an episode of Supernatural that has like an inverse of the scene as well. It's it's one of those. You know how I was saying that there's like usually at least one like very comedy episode per season. Yeah. So I I can imagine that in Leverage it would be a similar, like, I'll just picture the scene that I'm thinking of from Supernatural and you can picture the scene you're thinking of from Leverage and we can just vibe (laughs) on that psychological wavelength. Yeah. One thing I did want to point out as well. Now, you mentioned earlier, Sam, and leaving uh, doors open. Yeah. Did you notice in this episode when they go into Evan's house, he again leaves the front door wide open. It's like he was raised in a fucking tent. It's like he was raised in a car. <laughs> no, but you shut the car door. Literally. Th- he just leaves it open. Like, it's just it's flapping in the fucking breeze. I'm like, bro, you're trying to keep the hellhounds outside. And yet, you've just opened up the first point of entry and just left it. Like, and the hellhounds may be invisible, but, like, they're still bound by some physical limitations. It's like... Yeah, they've got a physical form. Yeah, you just can't see it. Like... Um, which brings us to another point, which is the introduction of goofer dust, which is the dirt mm-hmm. stuff that they like spread around in place of salt. Yeah. I want to point this out because it is something that does return. It is not as common as like mm-hmm. salt and some of the other things that we see through the series, but it is something that's worth like remembering because they will bring it back up. And if you don't remember what it is, you'll be like, what? So correct me if I'm wrong here. But goofer dust is sort of, like, specifically against, like, demons. Whereas salt is, like, more general against, like, spirits and stuff. Yeah, so salt is more generalised. Yeah. It's, like, most supernatural, like, spirits, demons, yeah. you know, things. Goofer dust is, like, more specifically, at least within the realms of the show. Uh, they particularly use it for hellhounds, but I think they can also use it for other demonic entities yeah. as well. But uh, from memory... And, like, bearing in mind, there are 15 seasons of this show and I don't have the memory of, like, perfectly of every episode. I'm pretty sure they only use it against hellhounds. I don't think it's ever used against a demon. In demons, they typically will more likely use holy water and the devil's traps. Yeah. Similar to what was used in this episode. Yes. Yeah. Which they did Bobby's trick. They did! Putting it on the, like, water 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 tank. tank. Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) That scene actually i uh wanted to make a note about one particular line from the demon and i assume you probably noticed it um but you haven't mentioned it so i'm going to the quote is your misery is the point it's too much fun to watch i could literally write essays about this line it's so like just keep it in mind going forward how long do I have to keep it in mind for, Bethany? How many seasons? 13. Oh, no. <laughs> like, just that particular line, like, your misery is the point. But they haven't even planned out 13 watch. seasons at this point. You're right. They haven't. They don't. But the thing is, this is also relevant, like... It's relevant all the time for the it's relevant, next 13. It's relevant all the time, but most relevant in... Uh, there's an episode called The Monster at the End of This Book. Oh, I love that book. I didn't know it was a book. Have you never read The Monster at the End of This Book? Wait, is that that picture book? Yes, yeah, like a kid's yeah, picture yes, book. Yes, 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 yes. I do remember. I, I'm sorry. I forgot. That was like my favourite book as a kid. Oh, cute. It's a very good episode. 
Um, so probably not as good as the book. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, from that episode on, it's pretty relevant. Um, but also the vast majority of like season fifteen and like arguably season and season fourteen as well. Um, so it's definitely worth just bearing in mind. And I actually like, I didn't remember that line, which is surprising because like, yeah, looking back on it, I'm like, oh shit. Like I could literally write 2000 words on Supernatural being really good accidentally, like (laughs) based on like that line. So, um, and I also, also love Dean's, uh, do you think you could throw in a set of steak knives? (laughs) Um, when she's been trapped. Uh, I just thought that was very fun. But I just wanted to talk about how his misery is the entire point, which seems like the thesis statement for the entire show. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah, I could write essays about that. Oh, no, I'm not talking about for the characters. I'm talking about for the audience. (laughs) Well, again, yeah, there are so many layers to this quote. It's (laughs) like it's talking about it's talking about the characters. It's talking about the audience. It's talking about the like production of the show like it's talking about like the writers it's talking about the concept of god it's like there's Which I so did many notice. layers this episode had a lot of like bangers of lines yeah and then i also noticed that it was written by sarah gamble so yeah see i'm telling you you gotta pay attention to who writes them i have a feeling that i'm going to like the episode she's written yeah moving forward because yeah. like some of episodes in like the first season were some of the ones that I really liked as well yeah and bear that in mind going into season six and seven where she was showrunner too that makes me excited yeah yeah um season six and seven cop a bad rap but I genuinely think it's because they were in and this will become very apparent when you see where season five left off they were put in a position where they had to reopen like, they had just tied the, the loose ends together. They were like, oh, yep, season five, we're all done. Exactly. This is like season, series finale for the entire show. Like, we're finishing in five. Like, that's yeah. nice. Round number. We've told the story we want to tell. And then they were like, oh, we're coming back for a sixth season. And they're like, oh, fuck. We have to quickly untie the beautiful all ribbons the- and now figure out from what was closed where the fuck we're going to go from here. It's and- like they, they've titled the, like, Ribbons up into nice, neat bows. Like, everything is nice and neat and connected. And now they're like, oh, fuck, we have to A, untie everything. And then B, work out a new place to tie other things while shoving a whole bunch of other shit so that we get another season out of this. Yeah, and I will say, I think they cop a bad rap. The overarching plots, I think, are not generally that strong. However, some of my all-time favourite episodes and all-time favourite characters come from those two seasons. So... Including, like, a couple of really iconic episodes and some very iconic dialogue. So... That's how we judge the quality of a season. How much iconic dialogue comes out of it. Honestly, there are some iconic lines in this show. I can't wait for us to get to some of, like, the more... Some of the ones that sound like they came out of, like, a Jane Austen novel or some shit. And you're like, oh, wait, no, that was a gay... That was, like, a gay supernatural line. Oh, like, gay love can pierce through the veil of death. To save the day. No, that one that one is not one of the ones I was thinking. I was more thinking of uh, the very touch of you corrupts and <laughs> some other like uh, one of my favourites is uh, freedom is a length of rope and God wants you to hang yourself with it. Like there are some really good lines in this show. It's just 
It's got a swim through that like... it came from the CW Supernatural. Yeah, it's like, you know, that post on Tumblr about, like, people who dream about Obama and, like, he just gives them these weirdly sage, like, <laughs> bits of wisdom. It's very similar. Or, like, all of, like, the really, ins- like, incredibly beautiful and well-crafted lines that are from, like, Stucky fan fiction. Yes! Yes, exactly, exactly. It really is evidence that, like, people can whip some insane shit out of places you'd never expect. Exactly. And that sounded like a sex reference. Oh, look, it's fine. But, yes, so I'm very excited. I'm really glad that you're enjoying Sarah Gamble's writing. I think that you are going to continue to enjoy it. And like I said, season six and seven, pop a bad rap. But I personally think that they are certainly not the worst seasons of Supernatural and they're certainly not the worst plot lines. So I would argue, I think they were given a lot of shit because seasons one through five are generally regarded as quite strong in terms of like the show. So six and seven coming immediately off those, I can understand like people being like, oh, it just wasn't as good. But I certainly think that the plot lines and overall like arcs were better than some of the later seasons. I just think that people remember six and seven as being bad in conjunction to season four and five. If that makes any sense. Yeah, so they've just come off of, like... The high of... The high of season four, five. And then it's, like, season six, seven, average. They were good. They were, like, they were... They were were fine, but in comparison, they were bad. Yeah, because you've just... And especially, is season eight well-regarded? In my circles, yes. So it's, like, they're getting sandwiched... Yeah. ...between these two seasons that are regarded as some of the best from the show... Yeah. And it's like, they're not bad, they're just... I personally would argue that probably season 11 is my least favourite season. But I don't know how popular that opinion is. To be honest, I haven't seen people talk about season 11 that much, but honestly, that's kind of indicative of people not liking it that much. So it's also like, it's hard to tell. Anyway, we are so off topic. We are so off topic. Um... (laughs) The only other thing that I really wanted to mention is, and we've kind of already talked about it, but basically we get an interesting insight into where the brothers are, like, mentally. Like, Dean is still really struggling with, like, the guilt and stuff, and, like, we get this implication where Sam asks him, you know, you never considered actually making the deal to bring Dad back, right? And Dean's just like, I'm going to put on some more aggressive music and not answer that question. Yeah, so it's an interesting point there. But also... One final thing. The goofer dust gets blown away by the hellhounds. And I just want to point out that if they just put it in a fucking hula hoop, <laughs> that would not be a problem. I'm just saying. So you're saying you have like a salt hula hoop next to your goofer dust? Yes. You colour code them, obviously, and you fucking problem solved. But also, that's just, like, evidence that hellhounds are smarter than most of the other supernatural beings they go up against. Well, that's interesting because they're dogs, and dogs are intelligent. You yeah. Know? So, like, you would assume hellhounds would also be intelligent. Like... Like, they blew it away. They huffed it, and they puffed it, and they blew it all down. <laughs> hellhounds are smarter than most of the other things when faced with a salt circle or whatever. They just sort of... They just pace around it. <laughs> Not hellhounds, though. They... I do love the hellhounds. At one point, we find out that one of them is named Juliet. Oh, Yeah. Doggo! Right? Isn't Juliet such a cute name for a dog? Did you watch the 
bit at the end of the episode where it was like, soon. <gasps> oh my god, yes. Okay, because I knew you said that you skipped the, the recap. The recap. But tell me what you're thinking going forward. Because at the end of this episode, for anyone who hasn't watched it recently, there is a little bit at the end. This must be like, they must have had like some sort of break or something. Or maybe like numbers were down and they wanted to get people like revved up about the rest of the season because at the end of the episode they have this little bit like soon and then it's like a montage of stuff that's coming up so thoughts batshit yeah so batshit like i know they they just took a whole bunch of scenes out of context and like smooshed them all together into what they thought was the most exciting package but also like batshit yeah like i because they cut it, like, decently fast. It's like, you get five seconds of this, five seconds of that. You got ten seconds there. You got two seconds there. Like, they've cut it so rapidly. Yeah, you don't have time to process anything. Any of it. Actually, I kind of want to rewatch it now so that I remember what happened. <laughs> like, just that last 30 seconds. But but no, so, like, yeah. Provided me no new insight. It was just insane. It was just a whole bunch of shit that I didn't understand smooshed together and edited so fast my brain couldn't process any of it i am pumped i'm so excited i'm so excited wait wait okay i want to rewatch just that end bit so that i remember what's there so that i can ask you questions because oof oof okay so i'm probably gonna cut that but for context I for, just made her rewatch. <laughs> for context, we just rewatched the um, soon, not the coming soon or like coming up or soon. That's that's Very all that was titled soon, mm-hmm. and it reaffirms exactly what I just said. Batshit, batshit. It's like I reckon six episodes or so worth of like. Just the action bits. You know, like, the bit in every episode where there's, like, the fight scene or, like, the car chase or, like, someone gets shot or, like, you know, they're dealing with a demon and the demon is like, you're never going to (laughs) win. It's just that mushed together and it's very clear that some things that they're trying to, like, play as, like, the same scene are not the same scene. I cannot wait for us to go through the rest of this season. Having now seen that... Is there anything that you are curious about or, like, anything that you think is worth mentioning? Or do you have questions? (laughs) Or are you just overwhelmed? (laughs) Just something about that. The fact... I think the first thing that tipped me off that that was not going to be a normal thing was the fact they just called it soon. Like, and I've already said this, but I'm saying it again. They just said, like, soon. Yeah. It feels very ominous. It feels like you're missing half of that sentence, bro. <laughs> yeah, the other one word. Yeah. Coming. Coming soon. <laughs> to a theatre near you. Um, you wouldn't steal a car. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so like, uh, there's like a scene and it looks like Dean's shooting somebody and then it cuts to somebody getting shot. And like, to me, that doesn't look like the same scene. Like, the lighting it's, is... It's, yeah, it's not. It's, I, the I, lighting is different. The room is different. Like, it it looks like they've tried to edit it to make it look like it's all the same scene. Mm. At least in that montage bit. But it's, like, also... Like, it, they're clearly in different locations. Yes, no. It's definitely not the same person being shot at the time that Dean is shooting. And then it's got, like, the, the yellow-eyed <laughs> demon asked me to do terrible things. 
Yeah. Does that not get you excited? But we've already established that the yellow-eyed demon is asking people to do terrible things. Yeah, but there's more of them. We'd already established that. Yeah, but we're getting to know more of them. There's there's two more people in just that little bit. And there's also the girl who's like, I watched, I dreamt somebody got stabbed to death in a parking lot. Last night I watched your, like, you die. Yeah. Like, How does it feel, Sam? The shoe's on the other foot. Exactly. Jamie, does this not pump you up? No. <laughs> we're different people. We are different people. Wildly different people. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I... you said you had questions about this section for me. I. They better not be vague. Want to know. I'm very excited because, if that wasn't obvious, we're getting into She's the... literally bouncing. We're getting into the meat of season two and the plotline and... I am really excited because I love the overarching plot of season two and I'm interested to see what you're thinking going into these next few episodes now that they've given us a teaser of having a couple of more of the psychic children and also they were talking about the demonic disease and I'm not saying these two things are connected. I'm asking you what do you think about either of those things individually? Like how are you feeling about that? As like, because they were kind of other than, other than the spoiler, I guess, that the show gave us of Dean saying to Sam, you know, dad told me something about you before he died, which we inferred from the fact. But it's now been confirmed. But it's now been confirmed. So this is technically new information for you. Technically, like it was pretty heavily inferred. It wasn't as an audience member, I don't think it was like difficult to figure out that John said something about Sam. However, technically, it has not been canon to this point. So, I want to know what you think about the concept of a demonic disease. Where you think we might be going with the addition of more of the psychic children, or like that plot just in general. And what we think John said about Sam. So that was four questions. What was the fourth? Was it not four? You had one, two, three, four fingers. I This one's just out. Oh. Just <laughs> I'm out just holding my hand with. <laughs> my point remains, I'm not able to answer three questions all at the same time. Okay, try so with. first question. They talk about a, like a demonic disease. Yeah. Thoughts on that. Um, and I will just remind you, because you may not realise, but... I'm going to tie this into the question I usually ask you right at the end about what do you think the next episode is about? The next episode is called Croatoan. I don't know if that means anything to you. Isn't Croatoan that island where all the people disappeared? Not island. No. Uh, it was a settlement in America, North America. Okay, see, I thought it was a settlement on like one of the little islands off of... Of America. Oh. Like, it was part of, like, America, but it was, like, one of the little islands on the side. Let me let me just Google real quick. Oh, no. It's just... It was just coastal. Mm. Okay. Yep. No. I Googled it. Yeah. I Googled it. Croatoan was not where they disappeared from. It was the word they carved into the tree when the Roanoke... The people who were settled in Roanoke left. Left. Yeah. Mysteriously, no trace left of them. Other than Croatoan carved into a tree. Yes. So maybe people have been going missing, but not just like one or two people, like an entire chunk of people. 
Yeah. And the way you asked me about that in conjunction with the demon blood disease thing. I demon thought, COVID? I, <laughs> I thought that I would ask you in conjunction because I Croatoan is one of those. It's It's an episode title that's like, Considering they just gave you the whole, like, soon thing and then the next yeah. episode is called Croatoa and I feel like it was, like, not a huge leap to make. But seeing as you didn't know that the next episode was called Croatoa and I thought I would just include it as part of the discussion. Demon COVID is hilarious. Um, <laughs> I do love that. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So that's your guess, like... A whole bunch of people going missing under mysterious circumstances and there is something to do with, like, a virus that's being spread through blood that is demonic in nature. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so question uh, number two in the soon thingamabobby, they show us two new psychic children. Thoughts on that plot line in general? Because we haven't really seen much of it in a couple of episodes since um, Simon said. So with Simon said and then these two new ones, that's what? Six psychic children we've met so far. Uh, so Sam, Sam Max, Max uh, uh, Andy, the, and Weber. The two twins. And then, yes, yeah, the so and the two new. So that yeah. makes six, yes. Very clear that there are perhaps more than they anticipated. Mm. And it also, in the soon bit, yeah. has a scene where Sam's like, we got to find anyone who's psychic. Yeah. Talking Which to is Ash. like, how do you find people who are psychic? Do you just like Google psychics? Like, <laughs> I mean, Missouri was in the phone book, so like, <laughs> like, is there like a questionnaire that like doctors fill out? Like, is it part of the birth certificate? Like, psychic, yes psychic abilities, yeah. Um, but no. So from what I can tell, it looks like there's a lot of them, and the fact that the yellow eye demon has been interacting with one of them, some of them, but not all of them. Yeah, yeah, because well, that makes two. That makes two babies and. and- This new guy. Yeah. Implies to me that they're definitely being pushed towards something. Mm. Maybe they want an army of children. I don't know. But you've got to assume that they're specifically targeting the psychic children because they're more useful to them in some way than regular children. Sure. So I may sound like an idiot. Oh, Right now. No, you're fine. A lot of the time when you say you're about to sound like an idiot, you you say something that's, like, not idiotic at all. So. But to me, if they're targeting specific psychic children because psychic children are useful, you've got to ask yourself, what are psychic children useful for? Yeah. And my brain immediately goes to, like, there's some sort of fight that they want the psychic children to fight for them. Which is why they're trying to strong alarm them into specific positions. Yeah, it's a very logical so conclusion. Fight specific battles for them. That's a very that's like that's a very cool concept. I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm asking you as we go what you're like predicting because I think it's gonna be really fun for you to like look back. Um, it's a very like it is a very and also logical if they are trying to form an army of psychic children, it brings in the best thing possible which is just like a boot camp of all these like moody 22 year olds <laughs> who are trying to master their psychic powers and you've got like the yellow <laughs> demon as the general being like what are you your worms <laughs> <laughs> which is just like a 
a hilarious concept in my brain. I love psychic children boot camp. That's a that's very funny. You will laugh about that later. <laughs> um, well, I'm laughing about it now. Does that yeah, count? Yeah, you'll laugh about it the whole time. <laughs> um, yeah, and is there anything else you wanted to add to that before we move along? No, I think I've made enough massive leaps for this episode. <laughs> sure. Um, and question three, and I said season three. Question three was that uh, was about what we think John told Dean about Sam. Bearing in mind that Dean has... John clearly felt it was necessary to keep this hidden from Sam. Dean also thus far has kept it hidden from Sam. We don't know yet, or you don't know yet, why he's choosing to tell Sam now. But what do we think it could be? John and Dean aren't great at the whole, like, knowing when to tell people stuff. (laughs) So I think it might be out of proportion. They're like, oh, we must not tell Sam reaction. Because historically in the past, John has said, oh, I can't tell the children anything. And it's like, well, that just put them in more danger. And it was ultimately the wrong choice. Yeah. It's very Um, John of him. Dean likes to just follow his father's orders. True. So if John said literally anything about, like, we can't let Sam know this, like, he's not going to tell Sam either, despite the fact John then can no longer tell him what to do. Um, let's just hope he stays that way. Where he would. Okay. Yeah. I'm safe. John can't help me now. All these children anymore. But I have a feeling it has to do with my theory earlier about why they're targeting psychic children and what the purpose of the psychic children is and what is inherently different about the psychic children that makes them both psychic and a weapon that somebody wants to wield. Sure. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, no, that's sort of my thought sense. process. Like, they're targeting psychic children because they could be used as weapons. Yes. To fight some sort of battle. And so, like, it is something that is about Sam of why he is... Like, chosen? Yeah. Cool. I really love, like... I like My the... rambling. <laughs> well, your rambling is interesting because you say it's rambling, but it is very logical. Like, it, it, it follows a, a flow, and so it, it makes sense, and I'm keen for you to see how it actually unfolds, so you can see, like, how your logic compares with, like, the show's, like, flow, you know? I do want to add something to that, and then see if it, if you have any thoughts with that. This like, never ends well for me. You said that, like, Dean will always follow John's orders, and you're not wrong, you are correct. He will follow John to a fault. However, when it comes to Sam, Dean is way more open to what is best for Sam rather than what John wants for Sam. Like, Dean will always, above anything else, try to protect Sam. And I wonder if that changes your thought at all. Or if, like, you still, like... No, see, that just slots it perfectly in with my thoughts. Yeah. So maybe I didn't explain myself coherently enough for you to understand what I was thinking about. (laughs) So, for me, John never knows when to tell people things. Yeah. And he is a big believer in what you don't know can't hurt you, essentially. So he doesn't tell the boys about 
fair prize. He doesn't <laughs> tell the boys about the demons. The stuff. demons stuff. He doesn't tell the boys about literally a hundred and one other things because he thinks if they don't know, they'll be safer. Mm-hmm. And then if he believed, if Sam doesn't know this, Sam will be safer. Yeah. Sure. And then he told Dean that. Okay. And like, when he that. relayed that information, he also was basically like, I haven't told Sam this because... You have to protect him. Yeah. You have to protect him. This is why. This is, like, my orders. This is... You can't tell Sam this. Mm-hmm. But then if something changed and the situation changed, that's why he tells Sam. Because sure. it's no longer safer for Sam not to know. Okay. No, Though, cool. Arguably, I would say it's probably safer for Sam to have all the information from the get-go. To be fair, though, I don't know specifically what the information is, so I may be wrong. Okay. Cool. And do you have any thoughts on what the information might be specifically, or are you just going with the broad something to do with the psychicness? Yes. Okay, cool. They haven't told us enough about anything else to be able to draw any more specific conclusions. No, I am I am super happy that I ended up asking you about that, because I think you're going to enjoy looking back on some of this as we keep going. Because it's interesting to see how, like, your brain is going through, like, potential, like, plots. Anyway. Seeing as that is all that you have left for today. Head empty, no thoughts. Head empty, no thoughts. Perfect. Just the way it should be. Um, How would you rate this episode? I'm going to give it four out of five stars. Oh, yeah. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it too. I'm glad you did. I feel like on average your ratings have increased for this season. Yeah. I feel like... To be fair, once my ratings sort of started to stabilise. Yeah. Because, like, that first season, like, some of the ratings I gave. Highs and lows. Highs and lows. And I don't necessarily agree with my ratings, like, looking back. Mm. Like, I think some episodes I rated too harshly because I really got lost in, like, the nitty gritty. Like, oh, and another thing that annoyed me was this. And, like, yeah. and then there are other episodes where I'm like, oh, I rated that too high. Like, Phantom Traveler. Like, Phantom Travel. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was surprised you gave that a four. Yeah, like, not a bad episode, but it's, like, oh, looking no. back now, it's like, oh, no, I, I definitely gave, like, a four stars way too early. Like, that doesn't even come close to being, like, what I'm giving four stars for now because I don't really have anywhere else to go. Yeah. Like, if it was out of ten and I'd given it, like, a seven stars, like, that's fine. I could give this one an eight stars, but, like, I can't... Sorry, it's, it's, I should have given you out of ten. Five is a little bit limiting. That is, that's my bad. I'm sorry. Which is <laughs> why I normally do, too like, far that, in now. That's normally why I do, like, the half a point. Yeah, yeah. And that, but it's, like, I... Looking back on them, it's, like, okay, yeah, they were an okay episode, but, like, they really had no impact. Yeah. Looking, like, when I move forward a bit, looking back, I'm, like, oh, actually, like- that was kind of, like not very memorable like yeah at least like filler episodes yeah. yeah and they are important they serve their own purpose yeah. but and like it was a fun episode but also like at the end of the day it wasn't an episode that was sort of like wow that was good yeah i was like oh that was an okay episode so it's probably more like three three and a half stars versus four you yeah. know like but this one you liked yes and you gave a four yes cool do you have any further commentary good doggos <laughs> Cool. Um, and now normally this is the point where I'd ask you about your predictions for the next episode, but we've kind of already covered that. So Croatoan, you reckon evil COVID? Evil COVID. I mean, arguably. COVID, regular COVID. Regular COVID is. It's like evil Demon COVID. We're talking about demon COVID. All right. Demon COVID. 
not a problem. Mm. Well, I mean, it would be a problem, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think that just about does it uh, for this week. So like I said, next week we'll be talking about Krakatoan, which is exciting. Um, but in between now and then, if you wanted to get in touch with us, send us a message, interact with us in any way, shape or form, you can always find Jamie over on our Twitter at DriverPixPod. I reckon she would love it if you send her uh, suggestions for hellhound pet names. I think that's a vibe. <laughs> I'm in the process of adopting one, so I need a new name. You're in the process of adopting a dog? No, a hellhound. Oh, I was I just got so really excited. I was like, Jamie, <laughs> there's going to be a new dog? <laughs> I was thrilled. Sorry. You can't play with my emotions. I'm not trying like to that. gaslight you, I swear. <laughs> oh, God. No, it was a joke. I'm the not... real joy that burst through me in that moment. I no. was like, I'm going to get to meet a new dog. This no. is thrilling. <laughs> no, no, it was a joke about how I'm adopting a hellhound. Okay. To All be right. fair, they're also fictional. So, no, I'm not adopting a hellhound. Be still my beating heart. <laughs> but if you want to go over to Tumblr and gaslight Beth a little bit, <laughs> you can find her at Driver Picks the Podcast. And I reckon you should just send a, like, what do you think Sam's MySpace page would have looked like oh, in, like, yes. 2005? Please. You know. Be as detailed as you like. like. Or, help make Bethany a MySpace page. Does MySpace even exist? No. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, make, make a mock-up. Like, show us what it would look like. What, in, like, Microsoft Paint? Like? Yeah. A hundred percent. Make, like, a mood board. Wait, no, that's really 2012 Tumblr, isn't it? Oh, look, we're all stuck in 2012 Tumblr emotionally. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, on that note, thank you so very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. And we will hopefully have you back next week. That'd be great. Thanks. Bye. Bye.